right, y'all. Welcome back to the Eat, Drink, Travel Y'all podcast. I am your host, Steph Forer, and so excited to have local winemaker, Kelsey Albro, eat a Mary on the podcast today. Did I did I pronounce it right? Did, did I get your name? Y'all, I think that was the fourth take on, <laughs> on trying to get her name right. So so I think the podcast is already a success. There we go. Point. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Kelsey. Um, like I said, Kelsey is a local winemaker here in Walla Walla, where, as you guys know, Marcus and I relocated last year, um, is uh, Washington Wine Country. There are, what are there, 200 wineries yeah. in this it's crazy. small area? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's if you like wine, it's a good place to be. I'm definitely drinking more wine than I ever have in my life. Moving to Walla Walla will do that to a person. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's, um, I, I want to hear all about the wines and stuff that you're doing now making here, but just give us a little bit of background on you and how you got into the wine industry, because I know it was not your first career path. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I would say calling it a path is perhaps a generous uh, description. <laughs> Gosh, where should I start? So I grew up in Seattle, lovely place to grow up. Um, but I was one of those kids who thought that uh, everywhere was more exciting than where I grew up. Even I think every kid thinks that. Of course, but, of uh, course. I didn't realize that Seattle is such a cool you did, place. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Alabama, so it was true in my case. <laughs> <laughs> and I know for a lot of people who grew up in Walla Walla, they talk about like, oh, I had to leave. And now I come back and it's wonderful. But, uh, and I, I certainly had that same thing, but I was like, I gotta get the hell out of here. Uh, I went to college on the East Coast studied international relations, thought that wow. I wanted to be a wow. diplomat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I've always loved traveling and eating different things and eating and drinking and traveling, y'all. <laughs> yes, we have many shared interests, <laughs> yeah. if you cannot tell. Yes. So I, I went to Georgetown in Washington, D.C. and uh, studied abroad in Russia, of all places, and the Dominican Republic. Russia? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What an interesting... How long were you there? I was there for a semester, so about four months. Uh, I was there in the fall of 2007 and then immediately switched absolute climate, language, everything, and went to the Dominican Republic. Wow, that is about as big of a culture change as you can get. It was terrible. I had like the worst heat rash for the first week because I only had like a few days around Christmas between. And so like the climate, the personal climate change that was happening was awful. Well, and I think we both are a bit on the pasty side. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the Russia climate would suit both of us better than the Dominican Republic. Um, and then I did an internship in Bulgaria for a summer. It was and this is all when you're studying yep. international relations business. Cool. Yeah. And then I graduated in 2009, which was in the height of the recession and wanted to stay in the Washington DC area, but just was looking for jobs at nonprofits and things like that, or on a political campaign in the Virginia area. And all of those jobs at that time were paying like $2,000 a month. Yeah. And, um, it was just, you know, not great. And so um, 
my dad was actually running for political office at the time. He was running for Port of Seattle Commissioner in Seattle. Wow. Tell me if I'm getting like two in the No, this is super interesting. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. did you move back to work for him? Yeah, he called and was like, hey, do you have any friends who are graduating who want to be my campaign manager? And I was like, I'm literally applying for this job. <laughs> You're like, this is literally in Northern Virginia. <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't be able to afford to take that job. Uh, so yeah, I moved home and was my... Uh, father's campaign manager for Port of Seattle. He was successful, which is dude. That's so right. cool! Yeah. Wow, yeah. so interesting. I learned a lot about ports. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because now I'm a tenant of the yeah, Port of, the Port of Walla. Walla. It's all come back full circle yes. for you. <laughs> uh, so sometimes I feel like I put my old campaign hat on when people say like, "Well, why is the Port of Walla Walla, you know, creating winery incubators?" It's about, it's about economic development. Uh, so moved home, worked on the campaign. After that, ended up in LA. Okay. Of all places, my brother was living down there and had some health issues and uh, ended up down there and realized it was sunny every day. And you could see Mario <laughs> Lopez at the grocery store. You're like, what have I been doing with my life? Yes. What a concept, sunshine. Uh, so got a job as a production assistant in reality TV, started out working in the office of a production company and someone would just come in and be like, I need 20 title ideas for a show about uh, Bridezilla's. Cool. And you're like, okay. All right. So not exactly international relations. Not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Uh, and then I worked on Are You Smarter Than the Fifth Grader on set and then, um, you know, various other things, but the reality TV, the reality yes. TV circuit, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Oh I yeah. have heard. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, and ended up working at Lionsgate as an assistant. It was very like the double wears Prada vibes uh, happening very there. Cool. Yeah. And slowly but surely realized that in spite of the sun, LA was not, for it me. was not, I get, I get it. LA is not for me either. It's wonderful to visit. It is. And it, it is very sunny, but yes. there is a lot of traffic and stressed out people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And for people who love the entertainment industry. Right. It's amazing. But that's not me. Yeah. Um, so how long were you down there? I was down there from, let me just rifle through the archives here. <laughs> I want to say two years, about two years. Okay. okay. Uh, and the reason that I moved was I actually... Uh, got a job at a natural foods company that my boss had ordered something from. Okay. And it was taking a long time to arrive. And so I called the company and it was based in Berkeley. They, um, and I talked to one of the owners, just this little startup and he seemed real chill. <laughs> I was like, you seem like you have a better life than I do. <laughs> Are you hiring? And so he was like, yes. And I said, great. Um, and ended up moving to Seattle to do regional sales for, for this company. So I went back to Seattle, did that for a couple of years, ended up moving to the Bay Area to work at the main office for them, and then realized my heart wasn't really in that either, um, selling, selling packaged foods, uh, and ended up in the hospitality industry, which had been a place of um, happiness and comfort for me when I was in high school and college because mm -hmm. I had worked in restaurants and loved being part of someone's time off. I totally get that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a special, it's a special job, really. It, it is, you know, people are, are trusting you with, um, 
their celebrations. Sometimes they're trusting you with making their crappy dates better. Absolutely. Um, so I, re I really liked that. And so I went to work for a bar group in San Francisco that had, I want to say eight bars at the time. Funny how the memory gets fuzzy <laughs> when you're a bartender. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so did that for a while. And then they were like, oh, so you can do Excel spreadsheets pretty well. And I was like, indeed, I can. And ended up buying all of the wine and beer and liquor and kind of um, tuning up the the bar programs at all eight bars and started choosing the wines that were going to be on. So you're actually starting to like work that. around wine and learn. Exactly. I mean, and before exactly. this, like when you're going through this other, you know, careers and, and, and figuring out what you want to do, are you drinking a lot of wine or are you, I mean, I really didn't start drinking wine until a little like later in life. I'm 35, but you know what I mean? Later sure, in my sure, adult absolutely. life. Absolutely. I mean, there was, plenty of peach Andre to be had. <laughs> There's no shortage of Andre, of course, and especially in my, my college days. Uh, but I would say I certainly, I actually became interested in beer before I became interested in wine. Uh, I used to, when I was in college studying Russian, go to happy hour at this lovely beer bar called Pizzeria Paradiso that was close to Georgetown and had a wonderful happy hour and have two beers and order the bread plate it was the cheapest thing and then go home and do my Russian homework because it really is better with a little bit of Absolutely. beer. <laughs> um, so that was, I actually thought that maybe I wanted to work at a brewery and be a brewer because I just wasn't really into wine when mm -hmm. I was in my early twenties. So this yeah. has kind of been a back burner mm -hmm. interest of mine for a long time. Uh, but then you get older and my parents <laughs> always loved, uh, not always, but in my adult life had always uh, enjoyed wine and Washington wine, especially. I have certainly stolen. I remember like, sorry, mom, dad, stealing some like Tamarack Chardonnay from their, <laughs> from their basement, you know, um, from time to time. And so just started to be more exposed to that and also around the time when I was working in LA, my parents had, they had always been interested in Walla Walla, but started making real tangible moves toward Great. putting down um, some roots here. Mm -hmm. And they ended up buying property outside of town, southeast of town, up in the foothills. And then, you know, it was like someone let the beast out of the cage. They were like, oh, let's taste this Rhine van, which their foothills in the sun mm -hmm. vineyard is right across the street from my parents' property. Started getting really interested in like, well, what would the wine taste like if we ever made wine um, from grapes here? And so that certainly had a of course, trickle down so romantic effect. too. Like yes. the grapes are you just growing across the way and exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was all going on in the background of me working in hospitality mm -hmm. again and um, feeling really good about that, but also going up to Napa and Sonoma and starting to develop a little bit of a palate and to think more critically about wine and what wine do I like. And, or, and also on the hospitality side, what wineries do I enjoy going to and why do I like going there? And half of it was just to be out in the country, but you know, no, a lot that's of it a was, big part of it. You know, like absolutely, the environment yeah. is so much of the experience. I can't remember the quote from Anthony Bourdain, but it's 
basically the the gist is such a small percentage of the meal is about the food. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, you eat with your eyes first. Absolutely. You, know, you with your eyes first. Absolutely. And you're yeah. just kind of starting to fall in love with the, the so your parents, they, they're moved. So you're coming to visit and you're. Yes. You're, yes. Coming to the visit. wheels are starting to turn about the, the wine world. Absolutely. And um, both of my parents, but my dad especially would kind of take every time if I came to visit, he'd be like, well, you know, if you ever wanted to move to Walla Walla, you could stay at the farmhouse <laughs> uh, type of thing. And it, it, slowly started to sink in to grow that seed started to grow in the mm-hmm. back of my mm-hmm. mind in my my husband's mind and um i mean so much so that before we moved here we got married out at my parents property Aww. because we knew if we got all of our friends to come to our wedding they would see how cool Walla and Walla then is. yeah <laughs> and maybe come visit visit us later so um in 2016 we finally bit the bullet and moved and here, moved here realizing that every time we went to Napa and Sonoma and sat there kind of having the Sunday scaries saying, do we have to go, <laughs> we have to go back? Do we have to go back? No, you don't. you don't. And I mean, and hearing you mention Napa and Sonoma, like Walla Walla is, is really such its own special little wine tasting region. And I think I first heard of Walla Walla. I had moved to Seattle in 2013. And I think it was like 2014 or 2015. There was an article in food and wine and mm-hmm. I cannot remember like the exact title, but it was basically like Walla Walla is the new Napa Valley. And I was like, Ooh, what is this? Walla yeah. Walla. I remember reading it telling my friend like, Oh my God, this is in Washington. Do you know about this place? Walla Walla. It's cool. Yes, like- yes. So many people don't even know that grapes grow in Washington. I remember one of the last flights that my husband and I took before COVID we weren't sitting together, but we were kind of across different sides of the aisle. And he was telling the woman next to him, like, oh, yeah, we work in wine in Walla Walla in Washington State. And she was like, oh, so you um, truck all the grapes up from California? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually not at no. all. No, right there, right no. outside the door. There are so just acres and acres and acres of, yes, yeah, so, yeah. so many vineyards out here. And it's just so beautiful and so special and a very magical easy place to fall in love with like I still like every day I'm like I feel a little bit like I'm on vacation um that's great I mean that will go away (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I keep if I keep drinking the amount of wine I'm drinking or or increase it perhaps perhaps that is the key um but it but it is so 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 you moved back so that was 2016 2016 and so at this point you've decided you're going to go into the wine business? No, I hadn't decided okay, that yet. Okay. It was certainly a possibility, but we didn't want, when I say we, I mean, my husband and I, his name's Kai. So if Hi, Kai. Kai. <laughs> I'm like talking about a man named Kai. That's my husband. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to pigeon our hole ourselves right away. And so we were very broad in our thinking like, Oh, maybe we start a business you know, maybe we can take a chunk of farmland from, you know, my folks and grow everything from like, let's grow mint for yeah. essential oils. Yeah. And, you know, agriculture is huge here too. Absolutely. Like, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, we were very open to that. And actually our first jobs that we have had here was moving handline in the alfalfa fields at my folks place. So most of the farm is 
row crops, so wheat, peas, alfalfa. They still like are, are it it's a still, working farm. Yes, yeah. Can I see it? I want to check yeah, it out. Absolutely. I, love <laughs> I would love yeah, to check it out. Would be, that sounds get awesome. With my dog, Loki, I think. Um, so most of it is uh, row crops is what those are called, mm-hmm. as opposed to like orchard crops, which okay. um, are perennial. Uh, so didn't know fuck all about agriculture. And I remember moving here, my folks have 160 acres and thinking, oh, that's like more than land than you could ever imagine. <laughs> you could ever do anything. Uh, with. But it turns out, you know, in order to afford your own combine, you need to be farming thousands of acres. And yeah. so what they do is uh, like a profit share. So they provide gotcha. the land and they have the water right. And then a neighboring farmer does all of the cutting and, and seeding, planting. Um, but we were moving hand line is what it's called on the alfalfa fields when we first got here because my dad was like, I'll pay you 15 bucks an hour to do it. That's amazing though. What a yeah. great experience. We were so buff. God. Oh my God. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is some hard work. Yeah. Um, someone called it cowboy CrossFit and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. That is so walla walla. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it was good. And I have to say, um, because when you move hand line, you're basically walking, you know, you pick up a piece of pipe, you walk 14 paces, you put it down and over and over again for however long. Um, but you really get to know the land and where does it um, go down and where, where are all of the little things. So I think it was really a great way for us to also get to know the property itself. Absolutely. Um, and then also taking care of, we have a little test plot that's has a big deer fence for up in the hills. So deer are a thing um, of grapevines as well as some, trees and things like, uh, cherry trees, apple trees, mm-hmm. but realize very quickly that, you know, house plants don't really prepare you <laughs> for, for, for farming an acre <laughs> for, of viticulture, <laughs> uh, let alone anything else. Um, it, I remember crying a lot in the vineyard and feeling in a very strange way, very much like I did when I first got to Russia or when I first got to the Dominican Republic or first got to Bulgaria, where you're like, people are saying things to me and I know that it has meaning, but I don't know what it is. And feeling like I'm like, plants, you are saying something. (laughs) If I listen hard, if I look at you hard enough, maybe I'll know what it is. But um, then realize like, okay, started thinking more about going to the community college, uh, but also realized I need to make money, real yeah, money. Yeah, I have to make money. Um, Can't be doing the, the alfalfa farming for $15 an hour forever. No, no. And I mean, it only took us a couple hours. <laughs> so, break, so. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't tenable. Uh, so I got a job at uh, Balboa Winery here in town. Okay, another, yeah, local Walla Walla Winery, not too far from here. Yep, on the south side, and worked my first harvest there, and I can't describe to anyone who hasn't gone through it what the brain explosion is that occurs when When you you see wine being made for the first time. Yeah, working harvest, that experience. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I have to actually, I mean, I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I want to do the whole thing, but I would like to work. I would, Marcus worked it last year with Spring Valley and he's been, I mean, not that that's a, it's a wonderful place to work, but they make a lot of wine. They make a lot lot of wine. And last year was, especially with the smoke taint, so horrible. I think they actually ended up pulling the plug before Mm -hmm. they finished harvest because they are actually, um, in the family of Chateau Saint Michel, and they were oh. test. You know, they they were like, they were yeah, like, they this were isn't this is going to cost. We're not going to make any 
spending money. We're going to spend money to finish harvesting these grapes that we aren't going to be able to yeah, sell. Gonna, but yeah. so yes, so harvest is. And may I bother you for a oh, little yes, more absolutely. wine? Sorry, guys, uh, we're we're drinking a little wine. I forgot to tell you, we were drinking rosé to start with. Yes. It was. It was lovely. Her glass is still full <laughs> and mine is completely empty, but you're talking a lot. That's true. And in my line of work, you have to be careful, you know, wine, the wine floweth. All the, the wine, time. the wine floweth freely here. Mm -hmm. It is, it's the best job though, right? What do you want to try? What do you think we should have next? Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, if you want to do more rosé, a white, a red, sure, tell yeah, us, yeah, tell yeah. us about one of the ones you're going to pour for us. So I, we just had the rosé, which is rosé primitivo, which is, it's basically Zinfandel, just the clone of Zin that came so to the U.S. Good. via Italy. Thank you. It was delicious. Uh, What's the price point on it? It's 25. All of my whites are 25, whites and rosé, and all of my reds are 45. Um, I have strong feelings about line pricing. <laughs> oh, yes? If, if that's the most interesting thing that people want. I just feel like people don't come here to worry about spending like, okay, the rosé is $23 and the semi-on is $25. Do I like it $2 more? I mean, yeah, I think it's like, you're here to relax. Yeah. Just shut up, drink some wine, turn off your brain. If you like it, buy it. Don't buy it because it's $2 or $5. It's $2 cheaper than that. Than the, you know, yeah, absolutely. Listen to your heart. <laughs> well, I'll take, I'll take your lead and your recommendation. Cause sure. you know, we're going to taste through a little bit. Not like I haven't had, her wines. This is, as I told you guys, this is why I launched a podcast is so I could <laughs> drink more wine. Um, so we could do a side by side. They make two different semi-owns. Let's do it. Um, I, I say, I, right. we're going to do it. You guys Two uh, are they a hundred percent semi-own? hundred percent semi-own. Both from the same vineyard, both picked the same day but just different, different wine making techniques. Interesting. So, you can kind of see. so the, the easiest way to talk about it is oaked versus stainless fermentation. And then I tried to make, um, wine making decisions that would play up the differences that are kind of inherent to those fermentation and aging vessels. So yeah, I can get full nerd or we no, can go, I, I mean, go I got half nerd. I, I like the full nerd. I got to tell you, there's going to be people like me listening to this that are not going to understand it all. Um, and then there's going to be some really nerdy people, but I'm, I'm all for sure, it. You know, sure. let's nerd out for the, for the big wine geeks out there. I think that's super yeah, cool absolutely. though. Um, so, uh, I'll start, I'll do a quick, just about the Ita ethos. Yes. While yes. I'm opening these bottles. Tell of wine. us a little about yes. the Ita ethos. So Ita means East in Finnish. Uh, I married a lovely, a beautiful, handsome Finnish man. Um, <laughs> and our last name is Ita Mary, which literally translates to East Sea. It's what they call the Baltic Sea. And um, I thought it was such a pretty name, but also my folks' farm is on the eastern side of the Walla Walla Valley. Mm -hmm. And throughout my time growing those grapes and making garage wine from those <laughs> grapes, and then also doing internships around town at the CC, just realized how special it is up there totally. and how oh. incredibly lucky I am to have long-term access to that land and figured I just want to focus on that. I don't... There are beautiful grapes being grown all over the world, for God's sake, mm -hmm. and um, all over Washington State. But 
this is what I have. This is home to me. Yeah, that's yours. And so I source from as close to my parents' farm as possible. And then and then you do have a little bit of your own on their mm -hmm. farm. Exactly. It, did you say it was a half acre? Half acre. So, that so is... it's like one row of nine different things. So it's very micro winemaking. What are you growing on that very small but special place small to you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, no, that uh, makes it even more special. Yes, absolutely. So it is very much a test at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pour over a computer. <laughs> no computer will be harmed today. Uh, so we have on the white wine side, Aligote, Chardonnay, Pinot Blanc, Semillon, and Sauvignon Blanc. So you're growing all that on that half an acre. Yeah, so it's just one row, like you know. So you're just growing each. like each. Yeah, okay, just one yeah. row, just one row of each. Yes. Okay. So okay. it's like I see. All right. Depending on the varietal, depending on the year, like five to fifteen gallons of each wine. Very cool. Um, so yeah, so very limited, and I mean, I would imagine yes. this is so small that you're not even like selling any of this wine. This no, is just kind of no. like your experimentation. Yes. This is the, this is where you get to grow things. things. Yes, you know, yes. Whatever. Or you get to Web play and like host. Yeah. Super cool. Um, and then on the red wine side, we have Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier. Uh, these are my children. I should remember <laughs> their names. Uh, Sarah and Kabsov. No, I've, so. I've filled her with wine. She's doing great, everyone. <laughs> but that is so cool. And okay, yeah. so I remember um, I was out here guess when we met was it November like no October maybe mm -hmm. whenever it was when we were doing that other project and you poured some of the Pinot yes. Noir for us so did that come from that mm -hmm. little plot no no um because up with what order your glasses are in did Sorry. I no no, no I didn't we right. didn't did. you're doing great so bad at knowing left from right it's hard I have other skills <laughs> she's got plenty of skills she can make some pretty damn good wine <laughs> But the Pinot was not. The Pinot Noir no, was the, not from there. No, but uh, the Pinot that was growing at my folks' farm is what inspired me to make Pinot when I – there's Pinot just down the road at a vineyard called Breezy Slope. I've heard, which, I've yes. heard it referenced in the, yes. in the valley. Um, so it's literally on the same road as my uh, folks' place, just five minutes south. So it's in Oregon. So it's Oregon Pinot from the Walla Walla Valley. Very cool. So it's very, very spot. cool. Well, okay. Cause now I remember that. And for those of you that don't know, like, um, you know, the Willamette Valley is where, you know, yes. Pinot Noir traditionally comes from very, I think actually until I had yours last year, that was, I was like, Oh, a Pinot Noir, which is actually, it was my favorite grape for, for a long time. I was like, yes. Oh my goodness. Like, so cool that you're doing it here. Um, not producing a lot of it, I'm sure. Cause it's not, we're not well, growing a ton, but yeah, I get it. Although I get three tons of it. So I make about 130 cases a year. Okay. Which, you know, I don't make a ton of wine, guys. I mean, I do literally, you make tons of wine. Um, but I mean, <laughs> literally, it's a, it's a boutique winery. Let's put it that okay. way. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what you have in your glass here, um, that one, the one on your right is the two of two. I thought it was so cute. I called them Semion one of two and Semion two of two. And now I'm always like triple checking when I'm packing <laughs> colors. Right. Like one digit on each bottle is Easy different. to mess up. Um, so Semion is a grape that's pretty neutral, kind of similar to Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. um, but it does really well in the Walla Walla Valley. It's originally from the Bordeaux region. And a lot of people tell me that they've never had Semillon before. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because it's so often blended with Sauvignon Blanc. And they don't even tell you that you're drinking some Semillon. <laughs> you don't even know more. that you like it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so I did kind of want to shine a spotlight on this grape, but also, you know, there just aren't that many white wine grapes planted in Walla Walla. And then I had um, painted myself into a proverbial corner with wanting to source so close to my folks place. Right. Um, that this was very much a kind of make lemonade idea, but it's one that I think has allowed me to grow a lot as a winemaker. And um, I don't know, I love this project now. So uh, I wanted to show the versatility as well. Yeah. Just make wines that would appeal to different palettes. Not everyone likes the same kind of wine and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the one of two is all stainless fermented. So this other one. Yeah, and so so you're saying these two in front of us, the Simeon's, they're same year, grown in the same place. It's just how you made it that's different. Exactly, so pick the same day. They were from different spots in the vineyard, but you know, for all intents and purposes. Well, the first one, the same. absolutely delicious. Oh, wow. Yeah, they are different, huh? I know. I was so nervous that they wouldn't be. <laughs> After all this, it's got to taste different. I know. It was like wow. a, a big reveal, like at the end of one of those home improvement yeah. shows. Um, I feel like, is the first one like maybe like a tad sweeter? Um, so they're both... 100% dry, um, but the one, so the one on the left, it has a little bit lower alcohol. It was all fermented and aged in stainless. And then I did not go through a process called malolactic fermentation. Mm -hmm. So all wine grapes have malic acid in them mm -hmm. as well as some others. Uh, but malic acid is one that's super familiar in terms of flavor to us because it's in apples and pears. And if you taste just malic acid by itself, if you're a big weirdo and you want to do that, you can buy just plain old malic acid at you know. a uh, like homebrew store Okay, and put it in some water and see what see it tastes it. like. All right. Uh, it just tastes like a Granny Smith apple. And I wanted to keep that kind of freshness that comes from that. And so I did not go through malolactic fermentation on the one of two, my stainless baby. And then the two of two, I basically like think of winemaking as a choose your own adventure mm -hmm. novel. And so, um, you know, if I said yes to everything on the one of two, I wanted to say no to everything. I wanted to, to kind of go the different route on the decision tree. So two of two was all um, fermented and aged in neutral French oak barrels. So neutral just means it's not brand spanking new. Mm -hmm. um, it's got some years on it. Uh, so you don't get a ton of extraction, a ton of oak flavor, but it does give it a nice roundness. And then I did go all the way through malolactic fermentation. So the character of the acid is a little softer and all that malic acid got turned into lactic acid, which mm -hmm. we know and love from dairy products. <laughs> <laughs> I, they're both quite delicious um, and I'm not a huge white wine drinker actually, but I feel like I could last for me. <laughs> I could drink this all day, though. There, okay, I mean, so you might have to. I think I'm coming around. Marcus is a big is a big white wine drinker. Really? Um, well, he just, I know he I like doesn't him. discriminate, you know. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I'm always opening a bottle of red or bubbles. And oh yeah, I get know, that. I've got a I've got a problem when it comes to when it comes to sparkling wine. But this is such a great. I mean, this is perfect for this time of year when it's hot and you want to sit on the porch and just sip. And these are but twenty five dollar price yeah. points on yeah. these. And can you purchase both of these right now? Each, each yes, one, yeah, yeah. The, the one, the one, and the two. The one and the, the one two. Of, the one two and, and the two. two. Uh, in the cellar, we call them crisp and toasty. Is our 
Crisp and toasty. Yes. And speaking of that, um, you know, you're obviously a, a boutique winery, like you said, a, mm -hmm. a smaller winery. We're not doing, you know, millions of cases a, a year. Do people, if someone wants to purchase your wine, I'm assuming obviously they can come into your tasting room. Can they yeah. order it online? Are you yep. anywhere retail? Probably a couple places in Walla Walla, but tell, let's tell people sure, how to get the Eda. Sure. Uh, the best way to get some wine is to go to the website. Okay. If you can't, if you cannot make it out to Walla Walla, that's, you can't not come out here. That is the preferred method because yes. that would be the most fun. You would get to yes. come here and drink wine with her. Uh, but if that doesn't work for you, then uh, certainly going to the website, which is www.itawinery.com. Uh, we ship to pretty much every state that it's legal to do so. Sorry, Texas. Not Sorry, yet. Alabama. Yeah. Sorry to my home state. I, yeah. I, I know. It's tough. It's we tough. don't have our own license. For Texas and Illinois, we can't ship there yet, but we're kind of working on it. But well, let's say this is still yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty accessible for most of the country. Yeah. It's something, again, just like so small batch boutique, artisanal. Yeah. Um, I cut you off a little bit uh, earlier when I asked for more wine. You were, <laughs> you were telling us how you were getting into the viticulture. Yes. Um, program here there is a great uh local um viticulture wine school yes yes this is a big draw to walla walla and 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 many of the winemakers here here go through tell just briefly about that experience and then tell everyone about let's get into what the incubators is because sure, it's such sure. a great yeah it's, it's a great program it is it is so uh here in walla walla there is a lovely community college called as you might imagine, Walla Walla Community College. <laughs> and um, it's a great school, not just for winemaking. It um, has won, you know, best community college in the country several times and is just, I'm a huge fan of it, especially having gone to a four-year institution before. I had a wonderful experience at Georgetown, but honestly, the, the quality of instruction and the amount that my professors cared about right. me and the community, it was just um, a different version of going to school and a really um, welcoming and um, and just an incredible experience. Um, so, yay. Uh, it's a two-year school? Two-year, they do now offer, I think, two degrees that are four-year bachelor degrees okay. in, like, applied agriculture, and there might be another one. But they just launched that a couple years ago. And so you... I haven't really looked into the winemaking educational process, but you better so watch I, out. You might have to <laughs> say, I mean, who knows what's in the future? But yeah. but so you can you actually specialize what you're studying in viticulture wine? I mean, how specific can you get? Like with the degree? Sure. So um, at Walla Walla Community College, there's a specific kind of school within it, the Institute of Enology and Viticulture. And Enology is the study of winemaking and viticulture is the study of grape growing. And um, so you also have, you apply to Walla Walla Community College, which they're very open door, but there is there are limited spots at the um, the EV program, let's call it that for brevity's sake. No, that's great. Um, so you have to apply, you have an interview, they do want to know like, why are you interested and, and all of that. And so um, you can choose to just take one year and get a certificate in viticulture if you know you don't want to go into the winemaking side, or you can just choose to do the winemaking curriculum and condense that and then get um, a certificate in winemaking, as opposed to getting the two-year associate's degree 
in enology and viticulture. Okay. Um, so they try to make it, I think, as accessible as, as possible. And I think now they've made one um, route, let's call it that one track, that's specifically for um, being seller management, because not only is that a lot of you need to know about wine science, but there's also a lot of kind of mechanical know-how that you have to have. So I think they've really tried to do a good job of responding to the needs of the winemaking community in Walla Walla and Washington. And I mean, honestly, in, in the world, because yeah, a lot of people don't stay in Walla Walla. They go out into the great big world. And yeah. More people are yeah. moving here now, though. I feel like I know. I know. <laughs> Walla Walla is, is blowing up. So so cool. So you so you you do that program. Yeah. And yeah. that so, was when did you go? When were you in school there? Um, twenty seventeen to nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, um, did an internship at the Walls Vineyards also while I was very in school. well respected yeah. winery here. We love um, their wine. Yes, and they make a lot of white wine as yes. well as red wine, mm -hmm. which, um, as Kevin Masterman said, they are different skills. And uh, <laughs> I will agree with him that white wine making is harder. Oh yeah, he did. He was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that stand. I'm gonna say. I it. have to say, I did like a fist bump. In the air. Like, That's right. That's right, Kevin. That's Kevin, right. Kevin is a, another winemaker here. We had on the podcast a few weeks ago if you if you haven't caught every single one just yes, just, yes. he's case. a winemaker at roti and house of bones and makes amazing beautiful, beautiful wine, right um, and uh so i did that made lots of garage wine i went to burgundy and did an internship there wow. um, at a domain in pouligny Montrachet. sorry oh to frenchies for my Jeez, terrible the... pronunciation oh, that was great <laughs> sounded um, good <laughs> Uh, at a place called Domaine Jean Chartron, and they um, make mostly Chardonnay. So it kind of um, fit into my my interest in white wine, um, but they also made a couple of lots of Pinot Noir as well. And it was great to be there and work at a family business because mm -hmm. um, Ita is not a family business. It's all separate, but one day the goal is to have you know an estate vineyard out at my parents' farm and to have the winery building there. And um, it's really great to talk to someone who's had a multi-generational business for hundreds of years mm -hmm. and understand how does that work. And also in Burgundy, they um, the domain has a winemaking facility, but they also own vineyards. And so just to see what it's like to manage a crew that has to split their time or have, you know, you need people who specialize in certain things, but everyone kind of needs to know how to fill in when it's busy in the vineyard versus busy in the cellar. So anyway. It was amazing. You've done you've done so much. You've lived so many places. I just I did not I, I yeah. knew you had traveled, but I'm I'm just blown away at I'm I'll have I to like have you. you even more now. Oh, I knew I yeah. liked you, but I like you even more now. Um, well, it's better than the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. The more I learn about you, the more I dislike you. Terrible. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, so okay. So, I feel like I didn't answer your question. I, you know, I'm I like, I'm, I, and on my second glass of maybe third glass of wine, they're not, they're not full glasses. No, no, you these guys. are taste. These are very taster size. Very glasses. tasteful taste. Um, but so, so you went, through, no, you told us about the, the, the college. And I think that's super interesting. Um, like you said, Kevin, the other, you know, winemaker we had on the program is as many people do, you know, came here to, to, to go there and, and learn about wine and he stayed here. Um, 
tell us a little bit about, so just to give you guys a little bit of information on um, where we are right now, we're sitting yeah. in Kelsey's uh, winery, um, which is out at, um, I'm going to let her jump in, in here, but we tell them the official name is, I believe, the Airport Winery Incubators. So they are um, five mostly identical buildings that look like very cute little houses. Schoolhouses? <laughs> yeah, I would say that's a good. Sometimes yeah. I think they look like really big or a church. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. do look like schoolhouses. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, and a little half circle out here at the Walla Walla Airport, um, which was built during World War II, and now we have a small airport that pretty much just flies to Seattle. Oh, it just flies to Seattle. Just <laughs> to Seattle. Um, although now there are private jets coming in. I don't have oh, that kind of money yet. I know. Oh, I see. I see everything that comes and goes. So, um, but there are there are a lot of um, there's a lot of property out here that is um, being used for economic development. So they built these incubators specifically for startup wineries, but they also rent other buildings to other um, wineries that aren't just starting up. And they also lease land to the community college for their vineyards that students um, take care of and use as like a practicum. So uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it, of it is. It, it is really cool. And if you ever get the chance to come out and visit Walla Walla, it, it is. It's just a, it's a very unique spot with five little identical wineries, very cutesy right beside each other. But it gives, and I'll let you explain a little sure. more, it gives these young wineries the opportunity to to, to grow into, yes, into yes. real wineries. And for, for me at Ita, it was really the thing that pushed me off the diving board. When I was doing my internships and working in the vineyard and I don't know, vacuuming my house, it was the idea of Ita, the brand, Ita, the winery, and what we would focus on was always just floating around. One of those kind of things that floats in the breeze, like, oh, I'd love to have a winery that just focuses on this one little spot. I love that. Oh, I think it might be, the, my logo is a blue square that just says Ita in it. You know, I daydreamed about it. And then I graduated from the CC and my parents got me a print subscription to the local Walla Walla newspaper, the Union Bulletin. Um, old it. school. I, we, oh, we've renewed several I times. love it. Um, it's, it's great. I think uh, I'm going to do that. That sounds, I need that, right? It's an easy read. It yeah. takes like 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <for> Sunday, <laughs> it takes 20. Uh, but you get to know what's going on and what's new. And um, anyway, so my husband was reading the classifieds and he said, Kelsey, one of the incubators is available and they don't come up very often. Uh, new wineries can be here for six years. Yeah. And so, um, and there was a wait list, but everyone who was on the wait list couldn't sign the lease right away. They kind of we're like, oh, I can do it next year, but the airport wants to be leasing and yeah. using these spaces, and so they open it up to the general public. And it's public. only, oh, they open it up to the well, general public. Well, to, to the general public that um, qualified. So right. you do have to be a startup winery. San Michelle can't come and say, like, I'd love to have a wine. Yeah, I'd love for you to subsidize this for me. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is not <laughs> That's allowed. That's not possible. Well, so I uh, thought, so it's not only open to uh graduates of the school no, no okay not, so i not. i thought there was okay so okay. at this moment in time all of the tenants are graduates of the cc but um which that makes, has not which just makes sense yes yeah. and that's probably why i thought that and it is also open to breweries and distilleries so burwood brewing which is our neighbor 
And it's where my boyfriend's drinking beer waiting for us right now. <laughs> they started right next door. Um, so you don't have to be a winery and you do have to go to a port commission meeting and explain your business plan and why you think you would be a good candidate, but they're very supportive. It's not like Shark Tank or anything like that. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> they're rooting for you. <laughs> uh, so it was just one of those things where my husband said, hey, Kelsey, one of the incubators is available. And I said, okay, well, I, okay, let's, let's see if, let's apply, let's see. And it's one of those things where you start out doing the smallest thing, which is filling out an application and submitting it. And then you go to the port commission meeting and then you sign a lease and then you say, oh shit, it's July. Harvest is in, is in September. Yeah, it's in two months. I have nothing. <laughs> and so then um, it was a huge scramble uh, in 2019. We okay, made our so wine at a custom crust facility. But even that, you know, getting making sure that someone has room for you. Because this year, did you make it here? This year I made it Because I remember when I came in yes, and yes. there was a lot of <laughs> winemaking wine equipment, yes, barrels. Yes. Um, that's the correct term, winemaking stuff, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> winemaking crap. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, grapes oh, from floor to ceiling. Uh, so the first year I made it at a custom crush facility okay. down the road. Uh, which just was a huge lifesaver, both in terms of capital expenditure, because, you know, just you have to buy your grapes, you have to buy your barrels, racks for barrels, but you don't have to buy a pump, you don't have to buy a forklift, you don't have to buy tanks. Um, so it just made it so that, you know, we could make wine that first year and therefore release wine the following year, but also gave us time to make the kind of tasting room side of our incubator facility look nice and also get all of our paperwork done to make it so that we could legally make wine here because you have to, you can only make wine. Listeners at home, if you want to make more than 200 <laughs> gallons of wine, don't do it in your garage. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, 200, I think 200 gallons a year is the limit, okay. which is a good amount. Guys. I mean, 200 gallons. I mean, I'm sure I'm drinking well more than that in but a year. But you're not making But I'm not making it. Not making it. Making I'm, I'm supporting the yeah. people that are making it. Yeah. So if you do it under part, 200 gallons a <laughs> year, if you're not going to bond your garage, uh, but you have to make it in a bonded and licensed facility. Um, so, but it takes months to do that paperwork. And so that really made it so that we could kind of start, you know, making getting things ready for, for making wine here because, um, I wanted to be close to, yeah. the, to the process. And, um, so in 2020, what we did was kind of a hybrid and this, it goes back to how special of a community Walla Walla is. Um, I did something that's called press and go or crush and go, uh, with John Abbott of Devona, who Kevin also used to work for when he was at a baby. So an incestuous little wine it community is, over here, world. everyone. Um, so he has a beautiful press and a beautiful crusher stemmer, and I have neither of those things. <laughs> and he's just a neighbor right here in the airport. And so um, I pick up my fruit and bring it to his place. And for my white wines, I press and then bring the juice back here and ferment in barrel. And for the red wines, run everything through the crusher stemmer and then bring um, the crushed grapes here and do all my fermentations here. Interesting. So, so you're doing like part of the process on right. a bigger site. Someone's letting you use their facility and then you're coming back and actually aging it in the barrels here where you can check yes. in and do the, you know. Yeah. And doing all the fermentation. Yeah. And all of yeah. That here. Yeah. So I think I probably still had some fermentations going when you were here. Oh, I, I feel, yeah. I it feel. was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, should we have a little more wine? Sure. Let's talk sure. about what, what one wine left should we, can we tell the world about? 
I mean, I, I love all of my, my wine. <laughs> I love all of my really. children. Um, um, so I will let you choose. I have a Pinot Noir. I have a Syrah from Lake Colleen and I have a Merlot. I mean, I'm going to, is it that I have to have that Pinot Noir. That's fine. I yes. want, and I want to talk about it a little yes, more. Yeah. I, again, was just so excited when, you know, I, I, back up a little bit, you know, as we're all starting to get into wine or when I started to get into wine, I was like, Oh, I really like Pinot. I didn't really know. I just knew that was what I liked. And now I know that I like very drinkable red wines. I don't like super big, like tannins. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not for me. Um, That's fine. but when I, obviously we moved to Walla Walla, stopped seeing, um, the Pinots and was just so excited. And, yeah. and tell me, is it, is it, because of the elevation that Pinot does not grow well here as it does in Oregon and, or in the Willamette Valley? So, I mean, you can grow Pinot anywhere. It's okay. just, will it taste good? Is, is we want it to taste good. That's an important yeah. part of the equation. Um, but Pinot has thinner skins than other grape varietals, especially like a Cab or... Malbec, a lot of the Bordeaux varieties have really thick skins that mm -hmm. help protect them okay. from extreme heat and mm -hmm. sunshine. Um, and so because of that, I heard someone say once like, oh, there aren't enough cloudy days in Walla Walla to For, make good. Okay. Pinot. No, that's interesting. Um, okay, cool. Because you kind of need a more steady, moderate um, climate and compared to the great Pinot regions of the world, like Burgundy and um, the Willamette Valley, we have bud break later, mm -hmm. and then we get our first frost earlier. earlier. Yep. I mean, does it even freeze in the Willamette? Hardly. <laughs> um, and so that means we have this shorter window to get ripe uh, versus that kind of, it's like cooking something um, hot and fast versus low and slow. Got it. Um, but if you go higher elevation mm -hmm. in the Walla Walla Valley, you get less heat. Um, so it grows better. It grows better at right. higher elevation. So that's why I was fascinated with it. Interesting. We have one row at my folks place and even making wine in my garage with Pinot and carboys, which it's not easy to make garage wine taste nice. <laughs> Especially seems, when you're like reasonable. a first year wine making. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was always so interesting. It just felt like it had something to say. And then when I found out that there was Pinot growing literally just down the road, I was like, I have to get my hands on that. It just, um, and it's at breezy slope. Breezy slope the, is what yeah. it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's at a higher elevation and, um, the blue mountains in the Walla Walla Valley are on the Eastern side of the Valley. And so the sun comes up behind them and it takes a long time for that sun to hit that slope, that um, west-facing slope. Mm -hmm. And then where this vineyard is, it also has like a little ridge southwest of it. And so it doesn't get that really direct afternoon sun when the sun's going down. So it's and like the so, perfect storm for like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful little kind of um, crevice in yeah, the valley where it is. So it helps moderate yeah, that, yeah. that heat that we can get here. Um, so, well... It's, I, it's delicious. I mean, you, you. you already know that I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it too. I call this my wild child wine. It has like a really beautiful light garnet color. Um, so it's incredibly light bodied. It's only 12 and percent alcohol. Uh, I picked it early purposefully because I wanted to keep the bright acidity. I prefer lower alcohol wines 
So I make them <laughs> reasonable. And now yeah. I feel better about the wine I brought you. Oh yeah. Very low yes, ABV. Yes. Um, and, uh, anyway, I was very much inspired by like the wines of Beaujolais versus which are, are made with Gamay. I know that listener at home. Don't be calling me up and telling me that Beaujolais is made with Gamay. I know. Um, but kind of that style of wine, mm-hmm. it's kind of fresh and easy to drink. Um, versus the quote unquote serious uh, Pinots of Burgundy or the Willamette Valley. So um, laid on its feet. Oh, cheers because it's, mm. it's a, it's a beauty. You guys. Thank you. And how big, so breezy slope vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any idea how many acres it is or how much peanut, how many acres of Pinot it, they're, I they're doing? believe it's between 20 and 40, but so it's very limited. It, it is. It's not a large I mean, yeah. okay. vineyard. Um, and the, there are some other plantings up there. I think maybe he has some Grenache. He used to have Nebbiolo. He is the, the owner and vineyard manager's name is Jack DeWitt. Okay. Uh, and he has experimented with some crazy stuff, but his Pinot is getting noticed, I think, here in the Walla Walla Valley. I make my kind of lighter-bodied Beaujolais-inspired mm-hmm. Pinot with it. Um, Keith Johnson from Deviant makes a white Pinot Noir with yes. the same grapes. Over at Dusted Valley, they're making a sparkling wine with uh, these Ooh. Pinot grapes. Jason Fox at Lagana yeah. makes a kind of a more concentrated style of Pinot with also uh, Pinot from Breezy Slope. So you can... I just got the cliff notes in order to get the Pinot on yes, the wall. Yes. I, I, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. I also believe that Bonsu Cellars here in Walla okay. Walla makes one. I, I have not had that one. Got to put it on the list. Got to put it on the list. Yeah. There's no shortage of wine to, to be drank here in, in this lovely Walla Walla yeah. Valley. And I cannot believe we have been talking now for as long oh, as we how have. Long has it, been? it has been 50, oh, 53 minutes. Okay. Which is, no, which is, which is great, but there's still, I, can, I know we can talk. You're so such a things. great talker. I want to, <laughs> I, I want to touch on just a little bit on just the female winemakers sure. in the area that have yeah. inspired you. I mean, you know, uh, winemaking in this region is a very white man's game. Totally. Um, and, and the world. In the world, yes, not just here. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really cool to see some young, um, you know, females getting getting into it. Tell us about some that have inspired you. I know Fiona's right here beside you. Yes, just yeah. Just um, shed a little love on the ladies. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so Fiona Mack of Smack Wines, which is an all-rosé winery, is not only a wonderful human and winemaker, but a wonderful neighbor to have. She's also here at the Incubators. Um, Allie Mayfield, who was the winemaker at the Walls when I was working there, and now she's at Walluk Wine Company, has been uh, a wonderful source of inspiration and also um, comfort to me when I have, uh, you know, a winemaking question. You know, you make wine once a year, and uh, you know, I've been in the wine industry since 2016. I certainly have not seen it all yet. And so she's a wonderful resource um, for that. Uh, other folks here in town, gosh, there's so many cool people. Uh, Maria of Valdemar uh, is amazing. That's right. They've Maria got a female. Fajila. I haven't met yeah. her, but Valdemar and um, they... What's so cool about Valdemar is that they, you know, Spanish winemakers for five generations before yes, coming yeah. over here and you can taste their Spanish versus their, their yeah. Washington wines. And 
I, I think I prefer the Spanish, but they're oh. they're all very good. They're different. They're different. In so I mean, long. I don't get out anymore. Uh, <laughs> who else is there? Uh, Ashley Trout at uh, Brook and Bowl. Vital. And Vital. She's, She's doing, doing awesome stuff, uh, both in terms of winemaking and for the community. Uh, I know there's more. I know. Well, no, there no, are. No, I have one. There was someone I was like, I have to do a shout out. <laughs> I have to. Fuck. Um, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night. Thank Just text me. I'll put it in the caption when we post okay. it on Instagram. Okay. And this was the one. But that's cool that you did mention, you know, several just like right off the top of your head. And all of those women are, are you know, doing really cool things, making really cool wine. Um, you know, like Ashley that you mentioned is obviously very well respected and also involved with Vital Wines, like you said, or started Vital Wines, which mm-hmm. is uh, just completely dedicated to, you know, providing health care for the... Yes, the all work. the proceeds go to um, help pay for health care for farm workers here in the Walla Walla Valley at, the, gosh, was it the Family Medical Clinic? Yeah. Uh, so that's just amazing because... You know, people love to talk about how the winemaking starts in the vineyard and then they go out to the vineyard like twice a year and you're like, okay, does it really? (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So she's really dedicated to, yeah. yeah, And I, and I think that project is just like a hundred percent, like people donate the grapes, people donate the time, the the winemaker, the the workers, like it's just a complete, I was talking to uh, my friend Josh from Cart Coffee um, a couple of days ago and he's like, yeah, I'm on the, you know, the, the Brook and Bull, which is her other winery in their wine club. And they're looking for volunteers to pour wine at vital. So he's like, I'm going to pour wine twice a month at their new tracing. So it is, it's literally just like a community uh, taking care. Yeah. Mary Darby at Dama. Yes. Yes. I'm going to think of more, but (laughs) a lot of, a lot of great ladies to mention. And you are absolutely one of them. Um, You know, it's, it's so cool to just see, you said what year you graduated. I think we're, I think we're about the same age, uh, uh, almost exactly. We graduated from college the same year. I will say uh, Emma 85 baby. Oh, you are. Okay. No, I was going to ask like what date. Oh, uh, you don't have to say that. September 9th, 1985. I'll be 36 this year. Oh, good job. I'm February 19th, 1987. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So a little younger than me. Um, It's not a race to the bottom. Race to the top. It's a race race to to the top. Yes. We're both going to get there. Well, um, gosh, I cannot thank you enough, Kelsey. I literally feel like we could do this for another hour. This has been so much fun. And you're just like such an interesting, cool person. Um, this is a really cool space. God. Yes. We had Guys, just so like a little personal note, Kelsey and I and, and then and Marcus and Kai, we've been trying to get together since we moved here, um, yeah. like what, eight months ago and it's been COVID and everything's been weird and, yeah. and, and she's been busy and I've been busy. And then a week and a half ago, I was sitting in Seattle in the state hotel that I, I love and been Paris at their restaurant, having a glass of wine by myself and, and, and walks with Kelsey and Kai and we all get to sit yeah. down and finally I'm like, well, if we can't make it yeah. work, just totally random. Like we're just in Seattle for the day, checking out, checking yeah. out the hotel. Uh, Chef Quentin poured yeah. us some amazing wine, saved the baby's life. I think Oh my gosh, yeah, while we, while we were at, <laughs> while the chef was at the table, they he had to be taken away. A baby was choking in 
in the restaurant. Sorry, a weird story to totally bring into the end of this, but but we had a lovely um, <laughs> bottle yes. of, of bubbles. Once the baby was safe. Once the baby was safe, we continued to get drunk and everything everything was wonderful. It was. So that's a good ending to that story. I think, yeah, I, I think, think. So too. um, Kelsey, thank you so much guys. Um, Thanks thank for you. having me. God, this was it's so much fun. Was it, was it okay? Did it? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because people come here and I always ask like, Oh, am I talking too much about the wine? I, I could talk about wine all day. And they're like, no, 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 please do. But I, to me, it's like, I, I could talk about it all day, every day. And I am lucky to be able to do so. Well, I could listen and drink wine okay. all day, every day. Thank you so much, guys. I am going to drop um, in the information on Instagram. I'll drop Kelsey and Ida's handles, info about the wine that we drank, link to their website when it drops so you can find them. But you're just your Ida Wines on Instagram. Um, at Ita Winery. At Ita Winery. So you can find her there i'll drop it uh in the captions for you guys kelsey thank you thank you so much cheers and good night guys